All right, so if you guys don't know us, uh, DJ leads the 12th grade guys, and I lead the 12th grade girls here. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Um, so uh, just a couple things uh, to know us a little bit. So this is a picture of us uh, in Australia. Um, it's definitely us um, just being us, and DJ has got some mad jumps, yeah, if you right. were wondering. Uh, and this is the thing that I'm the most excited about. This is our new puppy. She's only one week old in this picture, so we don't officially have her home with us yet, but she looks like a hamster or a gerbil or whatever, but she's gonna get a little bigger, but she's, she's so cute. Her name is Basil, and that's our family. <laughs> um, so, uh, some of you guys might know this story, um, but I'm gonna, Tell you guys how DJ and I met. Yeah. 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 So, uh, this is where we first met. Um, we were tiny little children. Um, I'm in the the green circle and DJ's in the red circle. If you were wondering. Um, so yeah, this is back in the day when um, Forest Hill used to have like a family picture for every single family that attended Forest Hill. It was that small. That's cute. Um, so yeah, we were in the same book. We uh, were in the same nursery. Uh, this is a picture of us in sixth grade. Uh, yeah, so my first memory of DJ uh, was him and his brother, his older brother Robert. They were beating each other up, uh, rolling on the floor at church. Um, there was like a circle around them. Everybody was chanting fight in the middle of the group. It was great. Um, I was like, who is this kid? Um, so this is my 16th birthday. Yes. So DJ has got some mad locks. Uh, look at that flow right there. I think DJ's hair is longer than mine in this picture. Um, this, so this is my 16th birthday party. Um, and we weren't really interested in each other. We were just part of the same friend group. Um, Wait, where are the girls? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Great question. I took like, cause I have lots of different friends. So I took like a group picture with bunches of different people. So this just happens to be my church group of friends. Um, that all were guys. <laughs> um, yeah, so like I said, we weren't really interested in each other, um, but we both, we went to separate colleges um, and we came back from college and both started working at Forest Hill. And I, DJ came back from college and I was like, mm. <laughs> he is looking good. Uh, he had got a little, like a little beard coming in and kind of filled out a little bit. And I was like, so, yeah, yeah. So, I uh, invited him to go with me uh, to something called Charlotte One, which is basically like um, kind of like a youth group, but for 20s and 30 year olds who were new to um, to Charlotte. So um, I invited him, and DJ, he was just like, Allie's just so nice. She's inviting me to Charlotte One. I'm trying to pull the moves on DJ. <laughs> uh, but um, eventually, so we rode the light rail every week going up to Charlotte One, and um, we kind of were like, oh. We're kind of cool. I like you. I like you. And so we went on our first date. Yeah. Look, at, look at that baby face. The beard is gone. I know. He was like, I got to look good for this date. Let me clean shave. My mom was like, let me take your picture. I was like, mom, you're embarrassing me. And so then we dated for about seven months. And yeah, and then... 
DJ uh, popped the question. So a year and two months later, we decided to get married. Uh, yeah, and we look that good when we dance. So that's my dance uh, yeah, face. dance faces. So yeah, so that's how DJ and I met. How we got together. Yeah, uh, and our wedding was a ton of fun, and uh, we like our main goal was to have like the biggest dance floor ever, and it was a huge success. So it was awesome. But so anyway, that's the story that we, you know, and when people ask like, hey, how'd you guys meet? You know, what's, you know, what's your, I never know like what area to hold the microphone. <laughs> Especially with the beard uh, It was now, really, really nicely like in your beard. Okay, yeah, here, I'll, just, I'll just rest it right here. You guys forget about it. Okay, so uh, no one, uh, everyone always asks us, you know, the story of how we met and all that. And, you know, th that's all the highlights and all the good things. But, um, you know, even though we're, you know, we've been asked to be up here and speak you know, our relationship wasn't perfect. Our relationship wasn't, you know, this amazing um, uh, relationship that everything went super smoothly. Um, but those are the details we don't really tell people, you know, because you want to have a happy conversation. Like, oh, yeah, we had such a great time and we're married now and happily ever after, you know. But um, so we just want to be vulnerable with you guys and tell us or tell you guys a little bit about our um, our story. So. You know, we're talking about sex. That's what the last couple weeks have been about. And with our uh, relationship, when it started, there was a, there was a lot of struggles uh, physically. You know, Ali and I had known each other. You see those pictures from when we were like super young. And so it was more of like filling in the gaps when we were going on dates. It was like, oh yeah, remember this one time? Or like, oh, what'd you do this year in college? You know, like instead of you know, learning each other's whole life. We had been around um, a lot of different events for our whole lives together. So um, so because of that, uh, things progressed a little faster uh, physically. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, I, I remember specifically uh, one of our first times hanging out, we, I was actually dog sitting um, for someone and we, I was over at, the house and I was like hey Ali like you should come over and hang out at this house that I'm at because no one's here and it's just the dogs and let's hang out and so you know Ali uh, this isn't getting weird don't worry uh, so Ali you know comes over we're hanging out playing with the dogs you know having fun and then you know, obviously we, you know, we get bored, we're attracted to each other, and that's where our first kiss happened, was at someone else's house while we were dog sitting. Uh, so, uh, you know, the kiss went a little long, and then all of a sudden the dogs started barking, and it freaked us out at first because we are like, what are they barking at? Because they weren't looking at us, and they were, they were looking like, out the, there was like windows slash doors with no blinds on them. And so it's like, you know when you're inside at night and like the door and the windows are like black because you can't see outside, but whoever's outside can like see in. So we were like, we were like, wait, what are the dogs barking at? Cause we can't see anything out there. But to this day, we don't know. Uh, all we know is it could have been the neighbors and we've never been asked back to dog sit at that house again So who knows what uh, the neighbors told the homeowners that we were house sitting for so yeah, so another um, story kind of like that uh, we We set up this system where if things were, were progressing a little too far 
we would do push-ups because it would just like physically exhaust both of us. So, you know, DJ would do like 50 push-ups and I'm doing like five, but, you know, like, like build my push-up gang. So, um, but then another thing that we did was we said after 11, like whoever is at whoever's house needs to go home because uh, nothing good happens after 11. Um, I mean, we, we were both working for the church we both love Jesus. We both really wanted to do the right thing. Um, but it's still hard. Like, even when you're trying to do the right thing, um, when you love someone, it just, it's, you want to be physically intimate with them. And so it's just, it's a hard, um, it's a struggle for sure. Yeah. And, you know, ultimately, we, we have to make the decision ourselves to, to be in control of our bodies. And that's what we're talking about tonight. And so, you know, as like as you guys in high school, and you know, at the time we weren't in high school, but we've been there, and we're not too far removed from being in high school. But um, you know, you might wonder how many things you actually have control of because you think about your teachers telling you to do this, your parents telling you to do this, you got to do homework, got to do all these things, you have a job, your boss tells you to do this, and the one thing that you're like a hundred percent in control of is your body. You make the decisions for what you are going to do. And so, um, you know, even if your parents are like, you know, eat healthy or, or like, here's the, the food that we're providing you and it's healthy food, you could still go out with your friends and go to cookout or McDonald's or whatever and eat unhealthy. I mean, that's your choice. Um, or, you know, say that you're, you have a, a bedtime or a time when, you know, your parents are like, you need to be home by and then, you know, you go up to your room. but you know, you guys are in high school, you choose when you're gonna fall asleep, you know, like you have that control, you know, whether you're looking at your phone or your computer, or, um, you know, just staying up. And so those are some areas you have control. Other areas include dating, you know, when, when you are in control of your body, you're in control of that while you're dating. And your parents and us, especially here at Advanced, you know, tell you, um, you know, some good habits and some good practices for, you know, when you're in a relationship. But ultimately, when you're alone with that other person, those choices are up to you. Um, and so, you know, you uh, based on our culture, like sometimes you may think, or you may be thinking right now, like what's the big deal? You know, like a lot of times um, at, at a certain point in a relationship, you know, maybe you've been dating for you know X amount of time. The next step is oh we have to you know take it a step further um physically or you know what a lot of shows and and movies show us these days is oh we have to live together and then you know we have to have sex or vice versa we have to have sex then we have to live together and that's just not that's not what um that's not what god uh calls us to do and there's there's a, a cool story in the bible that um that we wanted to hit on um in relation to that so we're going to be talking about Paul a little bit today. Um, so we've talked about Paul a couple times, but if you don't know, he um, was probably one of the most popular Christians um, in the first century, and he uh, he wrote a lot of the New Testament, um, which is like the second half of the Bible. Um, and he went around the known world at that time um, preaching about Jesus and what he had done. Um, but specifically today, we want to talk about that Paul was preaching about freedom, that um, he had been given freedom from um, having to go by a list of rules or having to live this perfect life in order to 
um, in order to go to heaven. Um, and so a lot of his audience was Jewish. And for the Jewish people at the time, this was kind of a crazy thought because they had been living under um, the Old Testament law, which is like, like tons and tons and tons of rules about what to eat and about how to work and about how to take care of your family and all of these things. And so they were used to like, okay, I have to A, B, C, D, all this checklist thing. But Paul was saying, you have been freed from these this list of rules. And instead, Jesus invites us into a relationship with him instead of a list of rules. Um, and so uh, in Galatians 5, um, Paul is writing to the, a group of people called the Galatians. Um, and so it says, so Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Yeah, and that was like a, a huge thing to say because if, if you really look at what that's saying, he's saying like essentially we don't, we don't have to follow these rules before. Like what Ali was saying, we don't have to follow all these rules that were set in place before. And that was like life-changing for the people of that time. They were like, like they've been following all these rules for so long that all of a sudden, you know, it's like if, if we got rid of laws like all together, we, we would just do, you know, whatever we wanted, right? And so they kind of took that in the opposite direction. And they were like, you know, if, if, uh, if rules are bad and if laws are bad, then no laws, no rules must be awesome, right? Like, let's just, you know, do whatever. And a lot of them thought, you know, um, in that culture of being a um, works-based, uh, you know, faith is like, oh, we'll get to heaven if we do good things or if we follow these rules and these laws but uh, and a lot of you know a lot of times um, people believe that in this culture even some christians believe that as well that if we you know do the right thing and follow these these steps then that's how we get to heaven but you know christ came to say that you know it, we don't have to follow those laws and so some of those people took that the wrong way and um so then and later in first first corinthians um you know, we don't, we don't know what, um, oh, that still Sorry, says, said, still yeah, says Galatians, bad. but that's, that's uh, 1 Corinthians six twelve. So this is later, Paul um, readdresses the situation, you know, because these, uh, these people had kind of gone off the rails. They're like, oh man, we can get to heaven just by believing in Christ, but then we can do whatever we want, you know? And so Paul readdresses it in Corinthians and he says, you say, he's talking to the Corinthians here, he says, you say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you guys. Like, like you, you're saying that you're allowed to do whatever you want, just believe in Christ and you'll go to heaven, but you can do whatever you want. And, he's, and Paul is saying here, but not everything is good for you. Um, so think, think about it with a... Uh, Think about it with a banana. We were actually gonna bring a banana and then we thought that that was gonna get a little weird, so we decided not to bring a banana, but if you think about a green banana, right? A ripe green banana, okay? Like sometimes you can get them at the grocery store, usually they're pretty yellow, but um, if you get a super green banana, like straight off the tree, it's not gonna taste good, right? It's gonna taste like weirdly crunchy and like we actually looked it up and it's like, the, the nutrients haven't fully, like when a banana turns yellow and it's ripe, as, a, as with any fruit, the nutrients have like properly dispersed and whatever that chemical reaction that happens, that's when it's good for you and that's when it provides those nutrients. And so, you know, we think about, we have to wait for that though. Like even if I'm super hungry right now in this moment, 
like a green banana isn't going to satisfy my hunger because it's it's not going to taste good i might not even be able to eat the whole thing you know so we have to be patient and we have to wait for that fruit to ripen so just thinking about that illustration as we go forward yeah so um this passage not in galatians but in first corinthians um it i really relate to it because um when i was growing up i didn't really have a lot of trouble believing that god loved me um but just like the corinthians i kind of took it a little too far um, and I thought, you know, God's already forgiven me. I can do whatever I want because he's going to forgive me and he loves me no matter what. And so I decided that I would sleep with whoever I wanted to sleep with or drink whatever I wanted to drink or do whatever I wanted on the weekends because God was going to forgive me. Um, and so I thought I was living a life of freedom. Like I thought, oh, like I am ultimate, I get to decide what I want to do with my body and like, I'm not going to be bogged down by any rules or people telling me what to do. But actually what I was doing was I was letting that desire control me. So, like, I mean, what Paul says later in this passage is he says, like, don't let yourself become a slave to anything. And just that basically just means, like, don't let that control you. And I was letting this God, if you will, of being in a relationship and being intimate physically or emotionally with someone... I let that control my life. I would do whatever it took to be in a relationship and to um, have that emotional connection with somebody. Um, and I didn't realize how much I was giving over my freedom to this thing until I realized that actually saying no and living the life that God wants for me and using my body for his glory was actually the most amount of freedom that I felt because we were not made to be controlled by our bodies. We were made to control our bodies. Um, and God has given us that gift. And, and you know, we, we tell you these, these things because um, we want to be, be vulnerable with you guys and, um, you know, have a little bit of uh, an area to be vulnerable with as well. But, um, you know, before we get to that, Ali and I actually, like, before we got married, you know, even even before we really start, like started being um, really intentional with our dating, like we had to be open with each other about these things. Like, hey, this is this is where we struggled in the past. Like, Ali was open with me about these things, and I was open to her about some of my struggles that um, that I went through. But um, to to say a little bit on on topic, I'll get to that in a second. But um, so some some ways to know if you're if you're in control, kind of kind of a little test to give yourself. Because sometimes we think, oh, I am I am in control of my sexual behavior. I I know what I'm doing, but here here's a few areas that you can kind of test yourself. So if you're scared to say no or to give something up, then you're not in control. If you want to say no, so you're you have full intentions of saying no but someone else says yes for you, then you're not in control. And we're talking about being in control of your body, right? If you want to say no, but you can't seem, bring, can't seem to bring yourself to actually say no, then you're not in control. And that's probably, that's probably the hardest one because you know, a lot of times as Christians, like we want to say no. And, and the hard part is that when it actually comes to the, the heat of the moment, you know, then it's hard. It's really hard to say no. And, you know, you know, Ali shared a little bit of her, her story with relationships, but for me, um, my like junior, senior year of high school and 
um, in early college, and I kind of shared this with the, the high school guys last week, but um, then this is me being really vulnerable with you guys by sharing it with everyone that I really struggled with pornography. Like that was my huge uh, struggle is, you know, it, it was, I was telling them, it was like back when the, the iPod Touch first came out and that was like the first ever like uh, mobile like device in your hand that you could get on the internet and that just like destroyed me. And, you know, I think about it today with just like how easy it is and we all have phones and, um, you know, so anyway, I, I struggled so much to the point that, you know, Paul says, um, Paul says in here that, um, I became a slave to this. I mean, that that's like people uh, becoming a slave to things. That's like you're being completely controlled by it. And and so, you know, thinking back to like my freshman year in college, it was like, oh, my roommate's here. I got nothing going on. Like, I'm going to look at porn. And like, it, it became a huge struggle for me. And it, and it was always something where I was like, dang, like, I don't want to be doing this right now, but it feels good at the time and like whatever, it's fine. And I, it wasn't until later that I really realized like how destructive that was and what that was doing to my mind mentally. And you know, we, we've, we've seen effects in that, you know, in our marriage and just struggles that we've had to deal with. And um, you know, but being open with that to Allie and the fact that, um, you know, she gave me grace and that, not to mention, I also told this story last week too. This is a little off script, but um, so Ali's dad was actually our youth pastor um, when we were in high school. So late high school, early college, I would occasionally come back, and uh, his name's Robbie, and I would I would be vulnerable with Robbie and tell him things, you know, not knowing that Ali and I are ever gonna be in a relationship. I would tell Robbie things that I struggled with, whether it was with a girl or whether it was with pornography, and the fact that Robbie, Ali's dad. <laughs> gave me grace enough to be able to marry her daughter like that is huge and i remember thinking like before we even started dating like i cannot date ali because her dad is going to kill me like there's no way her dad would ever approve of this and so you know you want to talk about grace like that's a whole another story in itself about the amount of grace but um so anyway uh another another area to to hit on is you know what if uh, what if you you haven't been responsible for your freedom? Like, is there any hope to get out? And maybe maybe you have been responsible, and maybe someone has taken that that from you. Maybe maybe you've been in a situation where someone else has done something to you. And and Ali will touch on that a little bit later. But guys, that's really hard too. But but we just want to provide you guys with this hope, right? That there there is hope, no matter what you've done right now, no matter what you uh, if you've you know, stayed on what you think is a good path or whether you, you feel like you've strayed off a little. Um, guys, there, there's a lot of hope that um, Jesus gives us that no matter where we are, um, you know, moving forward, especially with this community. And if you guys surround yourself with people that really love Jesus and that really care about you and about this topic, then, you know, they can hold you accountable um, for those things. And that kind of leads me to the next point of like, what do we do? We have this hope. Maybe we have done things, maybe we haven't, um, but what do we do moving forward? And we, you know, we've kind of harped on this the last couple of weeks um, here at Advance, but um, some things specifically that we wanted to tell you guys is um, talk about it. You know, have an accountability partner, and we discussed this um, last week with the guys, and it's just you know have someone that will ask you how you're doing. Um, you know, in this area, what, what you're struggling with. And it's not just like, 
oh, a friend that's also struggling with the same thing because, you know, ultimately what's that, what is that gonna do? You're gonna just ask each other, hey, are you struggling with this? Yeah, are you struggling with this? Yeah, and then like nothing's gonna happen, right? Like find someone like Robbie, like Ali's dad, a youth pastor, one of us, one of your leaders that can actually hold you accountable. It's scary, it is really scary. And you know, it's hard to, to break that barrier, but once you do, I promise it's so much easier to uh, help with those struggles. And you know, talking with someone like, like Robbie, I mean, that was huge. Um, so another thing is practice saying no to things that aren't good. And you know, that starts as simple as like, oh, I'm gonna eat healthy, or no, I'm not going to jump off that bridge with you, or no, I'm not gonna <laughs> drive after nine. Like, I, I mean, you know, whatever your, your different uh, rules or things that you have set in place, practicing saying no will kind of spill over into um, your, your sexual integrity and, and, you know, in those situations. Um, and also practice saying no with your, with your um, boyfriend or girlfriend. Um, you know, like, if you guys talk about it together, you're really benefiting them. You're benefiting each other, really, by, by being intentional about saying no to things about setting those boundaries, you know, and, and saying like, if we get to this point, we're gonna do some push-ups, you know, we're gonna get our energy out elsewhere, we're gonna go for a run, you know, we, we Ali and I tried to be really intentional about, because we saw, we saw that it could take us down a really uh, bad path really fast. Um, and so just deciding ahead of time that you're gonna say no is huge too, because if you both can agree on that, then you're both in the boat together rather than just one of you. It makes it a lot harder if it's just one of you. Um, yeah, so we, uh, TJ just talked about it a little bit, but for some of you, um, this topic is really hard um, because like DJ said, you had some control taken away from you. Um, and I, I just wanna say that I'm sorry. I'm really sorry that that happened to you. Um, if you're here today and, and you're feeling that, um, that was not God's desire for your life. Um, it wasn't his plan. And maybe tonight is a big night that you can take a step into just sharing that with your life group leader. Um, because, yeah, well, you should not have to go through that alone. Because um, that's some really, really hard stuff. Um, but I also want you to know that the same truth applies. Just because control was taken away from you in that moment doesn't mean that your control is gone. It doesn't mean um, that there isn't still a plan for your life, that God, um, he isn't still working, um, and that your life is over. Um, so I just want you to know that um, he, he can help you take back control um, because you get to be the boss of your body. Um, you get to have that control. Um, so I want to leave you guys with, we've talked a lot about um, you get to have control over your body. Your body shouldn't have control over you. Um, but sometimes I, like, I don't know, even as we were just kind of going through this, um, to think about I have control over my body, it kind of, it can leave God out of the equation. So yes, you have control over your body. You get to decide what you do to your body, what you put in your body, all of that. Um, but what are you going to use your body for? Are what? you going to use it? Sorry? Working. Working, yeah. 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 Are you going to use it for good things? God has given you a gift of life. He's given you the gift of love. And he wants you to use that for his glory. 
Um, and so that's what I, I want to encourage you guys with as we're leaving tonight. Um, what are you going to use this gift for? Use this control that God has given you. Um, I'm going to pray for us, and then Elena is going to come up and dismiss us. <laughs> uh, dear Lord, thank you um, for this night. Um, Lord, we are grateful um, that you have given us beautiful, amazing gifts of life, um, of uh, intimacy with um, other people um, in a same kind of reflection that you have for us, Lord, that you love us so much that you wanted us to experience this same kind of connectedness. Um, but Lord, I just pray that um, for anyone in here today who is um, struggling, um, wherever that might be, Lord, it might be um, with control um, over um, sexual behavior, but also, Lord, it might be control over um, food, or it might be control over um, pride, or there's a lot of things um, that we need your help in controlling um, our bodies and controlling our thoughts and our minds, Lord. And I just pray that you would give us that gift today, that you would give us your strength um, and your, um, your wisdom and guidance in those areas, Lord. Um, thank you for the opportunity to um, come and to learn about you um, and to draw deeper into relationship with you, Lord. We love you so much, and we pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen.